When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I missed you. Oh, you did? I missed you so much. Thanks. I missed you too. I missed I really you did. looking at those pictures. I was laughing with you while we were texting back and forth, though. That was fun. Yes. You know, I had promised to text Heather Osgood, who has an um, agency similar to mine, but mm-hmm. um, I forgot she's in California. Uh-oh. So you're the only person that was awake. I knew you would be awake when I got there. Not that I wouldn't text you automatically anyway, but just that I was trying to let her live vicariously through me since she couldn't come. Oh. But it worked out that you did that instead because I was just like, look at the lobby. Look at the mullet. Look at that I thing. Lo- look at the mullet. It wasn't a mullet. It was a um, mohawk like mine. Oh, my God. I wonder if we could take screenshots of well, our conversations. Yes, and put them in of course. For, for Patreon or something like yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Feed, we could, be, as long as there's well, nothing hilarious. terrible and gossipy. And some, no. I'm sure I was not my best self in every text. <laughs> no, but they were. I'm sure hilar- I was. There were some yeah. hilarious uh, descriptions there. Observations. Like, well, in yeah. some cases, I was, um, yeah, just being informative. And then in some, I was being kind of snarky and gossipy. And then in some, I was being super insecure. So, so there you have it. So, yeah. you know what we're going to do? We're going to be all professional now. And we are really quickly going to take it back and say, hi, you You are are listening to She Podcast, the podcast about podcasting for from the women's point of view. Not necessarily for women, but definitely by women. women. It used to be for women by women. Now it's for everyone by women. Yeah, exactly. And I am Elsie and this is Jess. What's up? We are your hosts. That might be the only time we've ever done that. I know. I just thought that. 111. (laughs) And now you're having a reintroduction. (laughs) Hi, well, I'm Jess. I just thought, hi, I know. Hi, see? listeners. Hi, listeners. Or, li- yes. Well, it, because you never know. We might have somebody and they're going to go, who are these ladies talking? Who are these ladies talking? Uh, who are we? Well, I mean, do I have to go over my credentials or can they read Well, about I it? think what we're going to need to do from now on is have like a sentence that encapsulates our greatness in like, you know, five seconds. Oh, my God. Wh- what? How yeah, could I, I ever do that? It's just going to be too much. I know. I can't even. Do I have to? It. Can I change the greatness every week? Like yes, I do on that John's would be show? so fun. So this week, I'm Jessica, and I am a founding member of the Academy of Podcasters. But next week, uh-huh. I'll be Jessica, who can sit next to her mic without fiddling with it. Oh, well, <laughs> and then the week, week after that, maybe I'll be the Jessica that helped co-found She Podcasts, and then the next week, I'll be the Jessica that. <laughs> Has been in the digital marketing space for 20 years. And then the next week. Oh, my God. <laughs> just kidding. All of a sudden, we'll have an hour of all of these little snippets. Well, which Elsie are you today? I am the Elsie that can podcast from anywhere. So true. Yeah, because I keep thinking I'm, you should see where I'm sitting now. I have a, I have a new place now that I podcast, like in my closet, with the closet behind me. Sitting on the floor in one of those little chairs. You know those little cha- I don't know if you even know these little things. They're like, they have a little cushion for your bum. They're on the floor, so it's like a cushion for your bum, but it has a back. Those are called husbands. 
What? That pu- what? Is it? Does it have arms too? A little bit? No, it just has a little back support and a little butt support. So and it's pil- like oh, the pillows like that have pillow- the back and the arms are called husbands. Oh. Well, no, this is not a husband. This is on the floor, too. We used to use these a lot when we went into yoga teacher training. There's a lot of these are in yoga studios, like on the side, so that if you have a class, you can just grab them really quickly and put them on the floor. And then you have a little chair with a back and a little something underneath its butt. Mm. So what you're saying so. is, Elsie, you still don't have a husband. But I'll be here oh, all week. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Just I'm still, kidding. I, still ha- I guess maybe this is a boyfriend then. He could be the maybe boyfriend. This, is a, this could be the boyfriend that I'm saying. Maybe once on you get arms, song. then you'll have a husband. Elsie <laughs> <laughs> is in a committed relationship, so don't get any ideas, fellas. She's oh taken. my God. All right. So before we begin, <laughs> dude, but we're going to take it from the husbands and the boyfriends into pod fusion because we have to address this like right away before we forget. Okay, so, you guys, Podfusion. Podfusion is our thing, right? Jess? I was taking a sip. It's our thing. Yeah, it's our we thing. are so it's excited. A, it's our She Podcast thing. Like, that's what it's called. No our one's workshop, more excited. It's called Podfusion. And it's been, and we're so excited. We even have a la- landing page. It is at podfest.us slash 2017. Wait, we should Pod just do Fusion. a pretty link. Wait, stop. <laughs> Let's make a, wait, just stop it right now. <laughs> have them go to shepodcast.com forward slash podfest. <laughs> 2017. No. How about that? No. Shepodcast.com no. slash podfusion. Okay, yes. Okay. Okay. Shepodcast.com forward slash podfusion. P-O-D-F-U-S-I-O-N. Yes. Shepodcast.com slash podfusion. Pod yes. So we have a landing page and it's the coolest thing ever. So you guys can have you guys it have is. to start start signing up right now. I mean, some of the stuff that's on that page is gonna blow your mind. Do you want to read some? Blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. Yes. Okay. She Podcast presents Podfusion, a co-mingling of the professional, the poetic. That sounds nasty. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Chris Kremitzos said it was the best copy he ever read, but whatevs. I know. Okay. Whatevs. Just because I wrote it doesn't mean I'm going to get hurt if you tell me it's terrible. Um, no, okay. It's a co-mingling of the professional, the poetic, the conversational, the individual, the communal, the interactive, and the hilarious... Yes. How could you not want to come to that? Um, Basically, we want to take you on a journey super far out of the box, thinking about what podcasting could be. We're going to be doing exercises, lessons, interactive teaching methods, and they're going to blow your face off. Live at the solo. No, sorry. That's monster Uh trucks. And it actually. (laughs) Sorry. And it actually needs you there for the face to be blown off because if you're not there, that energy is going to be a little off. Yes. So you. She's talking to you, the listener, not me. Yes, of course. She's talking to you. Yeah, you, 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 the one that has your ears. We're going to take you out of your comfort zone and experience a vaster definition of audio and how small tweaks and mindsets can make a huge difference. So listen, every time you guys go to a workshop and you think, finally, you've hit your advanced workshop and finally you're going to learn something that no one else is teaching and you go and it's the same thing. This is the one that you guys have been wanting. This is the one that's advanced. This is the one that's not going to talk to you about RSS feeds. It's not going to talk to you about what mic to use. If you want that, you got to go somewhere else. This is the one. This is stuff that Elsie and I have learned throughout the year at other events, more advanced events that we're going to pass on to you. This is the one where we're going to show you the business, basically. 
but we need you. And it's for males and females, men and women. So don't feel like just because it's put on by me and Elsie that it's ladies only. It's not. So if you want to get more out of your show, level it up, ask more of your audience, more of yourself. This is going to be the workshop for you. Shoepodcast.com forward slash podfusion. All right. So sorry. So. Did you want to say anything about it? Because I just no, took that the is hell it. Over. Now, I just took on over. That Did is not. great because you're going to continue to take over because I cannot wait to hear about your trip. So now we're going to be talking about some news. The news you can use for the informed podcast. news. You know what I realized? Who was I talking to? Was it you? Who was I? It I was you. Know. I was talking to you what? earlier, earlier, and we were talking about doing a play and ghosts, right? Weren't we talking about ghosts? Who was I talking to about ghosts? Doesn't matter. You we're not talking point, to me about ghosts. Okay. Well, the point is that that accent, the newscaster accent, is very close to my to my haunting accent. Uh, You're being haunted by the. Ghost I had no of, idea that you had the ghost a haunting of Christmas present. All ghosts talk like this, didn't you know? There's oh, you, oh, we were just talking about. I knew ghosts. it. I knew it was you. But we were talking about um, a Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and then you started to talk about how all ghosts have. They all yes, have a weird haunting yeah. sound. <laughs> okay. We anyway, we're, we're way off anyway, topic already, so, and we haven't uh, even started. Podcast up front, dude. Tell me the scoop. Even though we already have all the four one, I mean, I do. Everyone knows the four one one about what happened at Pod uh, Podcast Upfront as far as like the announcements and stuff. But I want to give you a different experience. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you the experience of what it was like to be me at the <gasps> Podcast Upfront. Well, that's what people are waiting for. Because I was not them and they were not me. No. As we all know, I'm already self-conscious before I get there, just simply because, A, I'm not a New Yorker. B, I don't work for one of these big networks. C, I'm there totally by myself, which is a little scary when you don't know anybody else. I mean, the people that I do know I've met, like, because I've badgered them into an interview with me, like Lex Friedman, for example. Um, but it's not like we're friends or friendly. You're more friendly with him than me. I am. In fact, you probably had a ton of friends there that I don't even know who you knew, which actually reminds me, i got to tell that story, too. So, um <laughs> So I'm at the upfronts and um, it's extremely fancy. The Time Inc. building, if anyone who's listening has ever had a meeting there or done anything there like that had to do with like being invited to participate in something they were doing businessy, that's a crazy fancy building and a crazy fancy place. Like it has its own it has its own cul-de-sac. It's at the end of a cul-de-sac and you go in, your ta- your cab can drop you right off at the front door like your Betty Big Deal. And then you go in and they take your oh no, you ha- you have to dr- ride the escalator, the elevator up to the floor and then there's a separate like window enclosed part for time for where we were going to be. And you walk in and the entire wall behind the reception is video. And it's moving. It was so fancy. It's moving. But like, I couldn't even like show it because even the screenshots that I gave Elsie, like you couldn't see that like, yes, it was the skyline, but cars were moving like in the it was just surreal. It was totally surreal. And so I sit down because after having my bag scanned for bombs, 
Um, they weren't letting anyone in until <laughs> until nine. So I just sat down and just kind of like started looking around and I see Lex talking to a couple other, you know, I see faces that I think I recognize from emails and articles and stuff, but nothing that I can be too sure of. And all the women are like dressed up in dresses and I was wearing black pants and a green shirt. Um, and I had a fancy green bag, but like I felt a little underdressed because I wasn't wearing like a suity type thing. Um, I wasn't business casual, but I felt underdressed maybe because New York City is like, I don't know, and then agency put that on top of that. And it's like everybody's fancy. And then also like you don't notice the men too much, except they're all pretty fashionable. But the women, the older women, women my age and above, I describe it as um, they look like the type of women that would eat their young. Yeah. And I don't I know that's a terrible that probably makes me sound anti-feminist or whatever. But like I don't mean because they look mean or because they look businessy, but because they're all fake tan with a lot of makeup, extremely skinny. Like they only subsist on like twigs and vitamins, Um, scarves draped around their, you know, like cardigans draped around their shoulders, sunglasses still on like their head, top of their head, even though we're inside. Just you can tell that they're like. Ray-Ban expensive shit like sunglasses and like I don't know just felt the women intimidated me much more than the men Um, and then you could tell who was there from where because I think all the people there from an agency were like 30 and under I don't think that the CEOs of any of the big agencies actually came to this event like they would have for television I think they sent underlings which will bring me to the next point of the podcast up front which is you sit down and unlike the movie theater, every – I mean like imagine an auditorium because that's what it was um, and it wasn't too large. So like a smaller movie theater. But every single chair is like a lazy boy but that doesn't kick back the feet. They all have like big thick armrests though. Like you're in someone's personal viewing hall kind of. It was crazy. Um, and they're bright blue. And then there's beautiful lighting on stage and like first Malcolm Gladwell comes up with uh, comes out with Questlove and Questlove is like eight times the size of Malcolm Gladwell, (laughs) including his afro. His afro also shadowed Malcolm Gladwell's afro. It was crazy. But they had a really interesting conversation. And I think I you know what? I really should bring up my notes here. The thing I took away from that conversation was not something you would think I would have taken away from it because I wish I could sit here and be like, yeah, this is how, why they started the thing and this and that. But here's what I took away from Questlove. Like Questlove hosts a three-hour show every day and it's him and his jury of nerds, he says, knowing and know-it-alls. And he said that when he was a kid, when other little boys were playing superhero, he was playing record store. And I have a similar story actually because when I was a kid and all the other women were playing house or teacher or whatever, I was playing ad agency. Barbie had her own ad agency like Darren Stevens like in Larry Tate. That's, That's crazy. Yeah, I totally – either that or I was on my dad's cassette recorder recording myself as a game show host and my sister was the guest. And every day I'd be like, tell them what they won, Dana, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. So it's weird the things that you do. And actually I haven't given people that advice where if you feel like you're not doing the thing you were meant to do, go back to when you were like four, five, six, seven, eight. The stuff you're pretending then is probably the stuff you're meant to do, and you just don't realize it. Isn't that funny? 
That's amazing. I've been sort of backing into what I wanted to do, but that's a yeah, whole other conversation. But anyway. Yeah, totally. Um, um, he also continue. said, you know, he was also saying, like, I'm all things to all people. So people know him from the roots or from being the drummer for Jay-Z or from being on Yo Gabba Gabba. And like, he just has a very random career. And then, okay, <clears throat> this isn't relevant to podcasting, so I don't want to get too off track. But I wrote down a lot of quotes that some of the people said. So as I go through the presentations, I'll probably tell you, like, the defining quote. If that's okay. Yeah, dude, do it. So let me just preface this by saying what an upfront is. An upfront is supposed to be networks pitching advertising bigwigs on where to spend their dollars in the upcoming season. Traditionally, obviously, that would be television. So NBC, CBS, ABC, and now I'm sure HBO, Cinemax, et cetera, all get together and put together a presentation that they then show the agencies, probably in a similar setting. Um, and then the agencies leave and they figure out where they want to spend their cash, like which shows, what audiences, etc. So I've never been to one of those upfronts. So in comparison, I'm not sure I'm giving a proper assessment <clears throat> because I've never been to those. That said, each presentation had a formula. It was as such introduction of network bigwig network bigwig comes out they say hello they show two minute video about network they come back they brag about network then they bring on celebrity to explain podcast and either brag about listener engagement or Simply to explain what podcast is, why they enjoy podcasting, why it's a good medium. They get off stage. In some cases, repeat, rinse and repeat celebrity. So in some cases, it would be like one or two celebrities and then they would go away. And then um, hosts would come out, make comment, introduce next network. It was the same way every single time. And the parts that were actually interesting were were A, the two-minute videos and how they chose – to be persuasive in that time, like that visual like masterpiece that they were creating. And then the other part that was interesting is like you could tell which networks gave direction to the celebrities as to like what to say and which ones didn't. So how do you know that? Anyone with a decent amount of instinct could tell whether or not the celebrity knew what the hell they were doing up there. <laughs> and most of them, Elsie, did not know. Oh, my gosh. And that's not to say that they that didn't. That makes me sad. Well, that's not the sad part because these are celebrities that have. I mean, like Katie Kirk, for example, she's been to Upfronts, I'm sure, many times. She knows how to sell a network show. But the selling point of a podcast is so different. And what is the selling point of a podcast? I mean, what I teach is that besides that, I mean, I teach a bunch. But the main one, I think, for an advertiser would be the engagement. But celebrities are not the engagers not usually nope. so they can't exactly sell what they're supposed to be selling which means that the actual more compelling shows that were up there giving presentations were not famous people mm -hmm. and that was probably confusing for a lot of people there because it was just like um why did katie couric suck but this guy doug loves movies just kicked ass on here well let me tell you why it's because doug's had a show for a billion years he knows what he's doing they can show video of him in the studio meeting fans laughing with guests and katie just has an intern that licks her ass while they do a like inter like while they talk to each other yeah and also you know you're, you're totally right because somebody could have gone like you know um keith and the girl 
could have gone up there and they could have They're actually not with a network, shown. But yes, I know, right. but what I'm saying is, you know, yes. they could have gone up there and they could have shown how their fans got tattoos of their logo. A lot of people could have done that. But, on their arms. <clears throat> so, But I mean, come on. But it also made me feel like because of that, I don't know that this should be an upfront. It, I feel like it should be something different because, okay, so like the video. So let me just start with, okay, the video. So Wondery was up first. And he said virtual reality was really our, you know, forget all this stuff is happening with virtual reality, but what about our imaginations? People have been telling stories for centuries. There's many ways to reach your audience on mobile, but one way to make sure they're listening. And it's, you know, and to him that meant podcasting. He had everyone reach under their seat and pull out a sleep mask, put it on, and then he did his presentation. So the first thing that happened was we were in the dark. And we started hearing, you know, a few Wondery shows. And that was actually extremely um, impactful. It was probably the most impactful one because it's true that when they did do video, it was kind of like all they could do was roll stock footage of people on their iPods and like iPhones and like on the subway and like biking and working out. Like there's not – it's either that or they were shooting video of the person doing the show, like serial – her recording, them being on foot, tracking down whoever they were tracking down, interviewing cops. Like, it's really not that compelling. It's better to hear the show. Yeah. It would have been better to hear the most compelling snippets from the show. And they didn't they didn't do that. Not one of them did that. Literally not one of them did that. But so okay, so that was like a minute, and then they would come out with some crazy stat that no one could prove. Also in these episodes, like like, there's so many of these, like every network had like some stat that bragged on themselves that was like completely unprovable and probably false. And, um, and then at the end they were saying, and here's what's coming up next. And they would introduce a new concept, a new show, a new celebrity thing that they're pouring a bunch of cash into. And so therefore we should invest in them so that they can invest in whomever. Yeah, so that was Wondery, and I was I was not unimpressed with Wondery, but they're also the people that got me the invite to this, and they were very generous about doing so. So, like, just about asking in their email, like, hey, who wants to come to this? I'll get you an invite. Like, I thought that was pretty down-to-earth and cool of them, so I'm not going to fault them. And also, like, the sales girl there, I think her name is Christina, has, like, always been like, let's meet, let's talk, what do you do, how can we, you know, like, she's nice. And they seem like an all-for-one kind of company, so I'm not going to fault them yet. So far, they've won my – they're charming, Wondery. Okay, the hosts of Invisibilia. So this is another – so I have to go backwards. Before lunch, the hosts of the program were um, the hosts of Invisibilia. They were the ones introducing each network. And then after lunch, it was Michael Rappaport from I Am Rappaport. So as soon as the chicks from Invisibilia came out and started talking, remember what I was telling you about the Work It event where it was a lot of like – people in broadcasting talking about broadcasting and congratulating each other on writing and broadcasting. This was very similar. Like they come out, Hmm. they immediately like Alex Spiegel immediately starts teasing Hannah Rosen about, you know, how she used to work for NPR and she used to work with Ira Glass and how she's married to some other big wig in radio. Hannah is wearing a peach leotard and loose scarfy skirt and a peach scarf but it's like not an actual scarf that would keep your neck warm it's like one string of scarf that goes around her neck in like a loose flowy hipster way and then like alex is wearing alex is wearing her hair in like french braid double french braids going down the back and a dress that could only have been purchased in a like even mod cloth would not have had this dress it's like 
an orange collar and then a black dress with white polka dots buttoned all the way up to the collar and then black tights and then brown Mary Jean shoes. Like she so obviously hipster attire, Mm -hmm. both of them. And they're both having these inside jokes about like writing and working and interning and NPR and broadcasting and i was just like oh here we go again because if one thing i know about new york writers and journalists and this is just from being a journalism major for five minutes is that they love congratulating themselves on how smart they are all the time and these two are they weren't uncharming but they're no exception there's definitely a lot of that okay so that so that kind of turned me off a little just the way that they were like this is an upfront but i'm still gonna dress like i'm drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and thinking you know with charles uh bukowski (laughs) It's just annoying. Shut up, you and your cigar smoking. Why don't you... I mean, it was just like Jack Kerouac's my idol kind of thing. Just enough out of you. Oh, man. Then Authentic came up. And I guess Authentic is Podbean. What does that mean? Podtrack. 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 What is the authentic? Oh, okay. All right. So authentic. So Podtrack is a company. And what they they said was they've defined the industry standard of measurement. Not true. Oh, my God. No. And then they said, you know, that they've created this network called Authentic, which is, I guess, what Ira Glass's show is now on and Serial and This American Life and a few others. They're on this network, Authentic, not NPR, which I thought was weird. I didn't understand that. Why aren't they on NPR? Aren't they owned by NPR? Why are they from Authentic and not NPR? This made no sense to me. Or were they NPR? And I just didn't know they weren't because NPR went almost last. I did This part didn't I didn't understand. Well, I think that there's there. Yeah, I, I think that there's a difference between people being part of a network and people doing your stats for you. But NPR also presented. No, they were definitely right. talking about their show on this network. OK, well, you never know. People might just be jumping around. So this was an interview with Ira Glass. I guess whoever's the head of Authentic interviewed Ira Glass. He was extremely stiff. Whoever's the boss of Authentic, really hire another celebrity next time. Wow. He was so stiff. He was just saying that, you know, Serial was an experiment and they were only hoping for 300,000 downloads per episode, but it ended up to be 10.7 million. And so August, in August 2015, the podcast of This American Life sailed past the actual radio show as far as ratings. Hmm. And Ira's glass says the best part of podcasting is cursing because he says it's proof that something <laughs> real is happening, which I love that. <gasps> I thought that was a very charming thing to say. Then Midroll went. So here's the stats that Midroll came out with. They have 300 shows. The top 20% of the iTunes top 100 is hosted by, is like taken care of by Midroll. And they represent at least one of the top, this is where it gets crazy. Listen to this. Let me just say it and then make sure you understand. They rep at least one of the top 10 of all 12 categories of iTunes, which means that if you go to any category, art, business, whatever, in the top 10 will be a show on Midroll. But they're not talking necessarily about Midroll. They're more talking about like Earwolf. So Earwolf now has 30 shows. So this part was actually confusing because it's like, here's Midroll, who's not a network, talking about how they represent all these shows. But then they move on to talk about their network, Earwolf, and how Katie Kirk's now on Earwolf and Mark Marin. Yeah. Um, so Katie comes out and she started discussing her shows, but she really didn't. She kind of talked about her co-host more than her show and why she thinks podcasting is fun. And hey, thanks for supporting my show. Goodbye. Like she doesn't really, she didn't sell me really on anything except her face. 
And then she's there. She showed up. Yeah. That was basically it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Mark told this hilarious story about his first sponsor. He said he was really into coffee. He got at the same place every day. He said, if you give me free coffee, I'll mention your coffee on my podcast. And then they said, sure. So he would get his free coffee and then he would sit down and then he would say he would take a sip and go, pow, I just shit my pants. And they weren't happy. (laughs) <laughs> but their online business exploded, exploded wow. because every time he took a sip of their coffee, you go, I don't have to take a sip of this coffee. And then he would go, pow, I just shit my pants. I'm telling you there. And their business went bonkers. Wow. But he says he likes doing ads because it's the old timey radio element of him selling something. And then Midroll announced that they're doing a new show with Rosie O'Donnell. I was just watching Elmo Palooza now last just oh, really? the other day. She and I that? was like, yeah, she's on that. She's singing a song. And I'm like, where the heck is she? She's like, she's going to do an earwolf show, I guess. She's doing a podcast now. Great. Well, so, yeah. And so it's just like, wow, you got Rosie O'Donnell. Wow. I mean, that's. And then it makes me think like they're paying her just like they would a television network star. Like is Earwolf and Midroll, they're paying Rosie to do her show. Are they paying Katie? Are they paying Mark? Or are they just paying by sponsorship? I'm not sure. I still don't know. I get confused now because because you're right. There's something. I don't know. I mean, can you sell somebody on a podcast? You could, but they ha- you have to have the thing. Like, that's why I think Aisha Tyler is so amazing because she gets it. Yeah, she gets, she it. gets it. She gets the power. Like, yeah. So, um, WNYC did a, a slideshow mostly about how to get people's attention. And their tag was we deliver the magic of undivided attention every day. Like, they took credit. <laughs> for for people giving them their undivided for the for I guess the entire basis of how pod, the foundation of podcasting which is that people are listening while they're doing other things so they said and WNYC delivering the magic of undivided attention every day like no other network could do it when really they're all doing it the same exact way for the same reason uh, now right, then exactly. they said then they said oh. 91% of people listening to a WNYC show complete an episode and 95% of listeners take action as a result of listening to an ad. 95%. I want to know how they get those stats. I want to know what they mean by take action because I think it means sneeze and say God bless you. Like it could mean anything. Mm, it could be mean, mean anything, yeah. It means nothing. Take action. What action? They didn't say make a purchase. They didn't say go to a website. Nothing. What does that even mean? It could be oh, all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now, this you know, is where email somebody tweet out. Go yeah, ahead. this is where things got interesting because how stuff works came on and uh, it was Chuck Bryant from Stuff You Should Know. He's the guy that sold a show because he was like, our listeners love us so much. They even love our ad reads. And they had like all these like tweets and stuff about how much they love the products. And this is where because they're established stuff you should know is an old podcast, right? Yeah, they've been around for a while. Yeah. So and, and stuff mom never told you they have too. They did some examples of how their podcast has changed lives, which I thought was very compelling and empowering. And like, I could tell that that made an impact. But like this other, like the rest of the celebrities were really like, thanks for supporting my show. But you could tell the older podcasters knew what to say. It's just that I don't think because that- they know the medium. And I, I, I think, you know, right. I mean, right. we can't really judge them at this moment for that. And it's the same thing, though, in Hollywood as well. If you have. You know, if you have a celebrity that is truly 
it's it's truly an artist, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who knows the craft of making films or TV shows or any anything like that that knows the ins and outs of everything versus someone who happens to be the the pretty face, the the one that everybody mm-hmm. wants to have in their movie that just happens to really come across really well on screen, but they mm-hmm. don't really know the craft. Yeah, know? but I mean, I got the feeling that the networks didn't either. You're right, because they probably don't. I think that part of it is that people are going like, oh my God, we have to do this podcasting thing. Who knows about that? Who can we get? Who can we (laughs) announce? Who can we get? Let's just send them over and let's see if we can get some money. Like AdLarge was one of the worst examples of this because like they kind of stood up there and they were like, hi, we're AdLarge. And then lots of words that involve audio and marketing, but like nothing that made any sense. And then Jim Brewer came out and made no sense again because he was just like talking about how people know him as like the goat boy from SNL or whatever. But then he did stand up and then he likes heavy metal. So he wanted to do the show called the, the Metal and Me. And then he put out he was started like promoting his new heavy metal album that his wife doesn't like because Angus, what's his name from ACDC sings on it. Like none of this made any sense or was relevant. It was just kind of cool to see Jim Brewer, but like he didn't know what that, you could tell he didn't know what the hell to say. And, and Jay, um, what's his name? Green and Yvonne Lacey from AdLarge are just standing like beaming with pride at how, you know, how proud they are of themselves that they even got Jim Brewer on stage, but he's, but they don't care that he's not making any sense, nor did they make any sense. And then, like, he goes off stage, and there's another five minutes about all the women's programming that they're developing. One with Emma, the plus-size model, and one about, like, something about girl talk, Dar- Darian, Damien, some girl with girl – let me look on ad large. Hold on. Because I can't even tell you the name of her, but it was just, like, dishing with Darian, and then they had her come out in her white pantsuit and say, again, not much. Oh, they're doing newmommymedia.com, I guess, which is a new show. New mommy, well, mommy media, new mommy media is like Sunny Galt's. No, whole she wasn't. Well, they're, they well, just what I'm saying with is that, well, I don't know if you can see like new mommy media is, if you look at that, new mommy, mommy media. I can look, hold on. Sunny Galt. Here's the programming. So it has, so it says, join our family. And then it goes all the way down to the bottom, but it includes so like the first half says ALM Day Network, ALM Day Part Network, ALM News Talk Network. But then above that, it says like 5 a.m. Miracle, which is a podcast, 60 Second Network, which is a podcast. Below that is like, what does this say? Completely Unnecessary Podcast, Big R Radio, Cabana, which we don't know what that is. They just said announcing Cabana. Something about Doug Steffen's Good Day, uh, IndyCar. And then here's Jim Brewer. So they mix in all their networks with all their shows. So you can't even tell, like, what's what. Are, is any of this a podcast? Like, they have A-list comedy. That doesn't say it's a podcast. And not all the um, networks or the logos are square. So you can't. Mm-hmm. So, like, the what you assume the ones that are square are podcasts. But here's one, IMGR, that's square. And it says complete station branding. What does that even mean? I, it's still, to this day, do not know what they do. It makes no sense. And like I, the whole thing was they have what they said they call female focused programming. That's what they call it. But who knows what it is or like like I said, I know they're going to do um, a show with Emma and a couple other ones. But that's all I know. That's all we know. And fine. If New Mommy Media, is that just the one show, though? Or is it like a series? I don't know. It I might be a series. 
Well, the thing is, New Mommy Media is 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 Sonny Galt. Is that what her name? It was. Is that what the name that they're showing? Because she's got a mm-hmm. whole network of her own stuff. So yes. maybe they're infringing on her stuff. And no, then she maybe they're even selling know. her network to advertisers. Maybe. Hold on. Possibly. I think maybe. that she signed on for them to sell her network, and that's why they were talking about. Oh, we have all this great programming but it's not actually programming that, that they've developed yeah this is the same logo it's not programming they've developed it's probably programming that sunny developed that they're allowed to sell let me look at the right. show i think can. i'm yeah. right and of course it is yes it is because yeah. i remember the boob group and motivating yeah. mom and twin talks yeah so basically yeah, so they handed over stuff- all this branding all these shows to ad large and now ad large is going to sell their their whole thing their what's it called Space, yeah, their space, their ad space, yeah, yeah. their stuff, which I understand, and that's really great, and in their inventory stuff, which is great, and but what's so tough is that, well, you know, but well, how do you know what the what the job of this person is? Ad large is not in the business of developing talent, but that's what I'm saying. I think they are. What? Because I think the show with Emma is them developing talent. Is that what it is, or did they just get it? They made well, see, it out this to is be where Emma was. This is where, like, I'm getting totally confused because yes. they're, I, I, because I, who, ah, yeah, like, are you make? I don't get it. it doesn't make sense. Plenty of, no, it they makes. They didn't no develop sense. Jim Brewer's show. I mean, and they and they represent so many with Farnoosh, and they didn't develop those shows. No, they didn't. But so now they're getting into the podcast development game. Like this is the part that made me. So this is the mid roll earwolf problem. Right. First, you you're an agency, is, right. and then you acquire someone that will de- help you develop your own content. This is why I started texting you about how maybe we should have a network, because otherwise, I'm just an agency selling other people's stuff. Not that that, ma- and then I'm just like, but why does that matter? I don't want to develop content other than my own. Why do these people want to do it? Is it just I just it makes no sense to me. But I'll keep going. I, well, I don't know okay. why it makes Go sense. Ahead. I don't know why it Go makes ahead. sense. But I'm gonna. I, I don't. Panoply just talked about the GE's the message and how it won like a ton of ad awards. Um, and then, and then there was an Edison research, um, presentation. And this is the part that gave me so much pleasure. And it's not because the research was so fascinating, although it was, it was interesting. But ladies and gentlemen, I never, ever get information before Elsie Escobar. <laughs> she always has it first. And she always acts bored when I tell her the news that she already knows. So it's never satisfying to reveal that I know something about podcasting ever. And it's not that I wasn't excited to share it with her because the second it went up on screen, I texted it to her. I was giving it to her minute by minute as it was being given to me. She was, dude. I was getting so many pictures. It was awesome. It was awesome. But, like, I'll just give you an example. Like, I was texting her some other stuff. Like, oh, they're they're doing this show. Yeah, I already read about that. <laughs> oh, they're doing this thing with this. I already read about that. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, Tina Dietz and Amanda Dowdy, they stayed with me for <laughs> MapCon. This is the most annoying thing. This is, like, a perfect example. So I go, oh, my God, the swag would be great for Pod Fusion. You have to get this. And it's like this little ice tray that makes ice in the shape of microphones and boom boxes and, and dollar signs. And I'm so excited. I'm like, Elsie, you're never going to believe this. She takes a look at it and she goes, I told her to get that for you. <laughs> I was like, I'm done here. <laughs> Why do I even bother? I, she usurps me every time. So, oh my god, <laughs> so annoying. So, um, 
yeah, yeah. So it, was, <laughs> it made me so happy to be like, look, Elsie, look, something new, something new. I was so excited that I had it first. You have no idea. You did. You actually, that totally was like, woohoo. I was so excited. I was so excited to give her so something excited. first. Yay. It was made Yay. my week. <laughs> Probably my year because it'll never happen again. Um, okay. Then we have lunch. Lunch is served. You go out to lunch and it is tenderloin and fingerling potatoes and chopped balsamic oh salad. I'm not shitting Get it. Get out. It is the most expensively catered lunch I've probably ever had. Better than many weddings I've been to, as a matter of fact. Well, you know what, though? Not that was my the first wedding, question that I, but many weddings. Well, it, it's the first question that I asked you. But it wasn't for lunch. It was about breakfast. Remember, I was like, what are you guys having for breakfast? They had little mini quiches. Breakfast was not as um, enthralling. Lunch was interesting. But still, I mean, come on. Yeah, lunch was fascinating. This was fascinating, what they did for lunch. Um, And then we sat down and like Scott, what's his name? Wait, what's his name? Scott. This guy sits down and we're talking about like, who knows what? I'm talking about, you know me. I talk about nonsense with everyone. And so I'm talking to this guy about complete nonsense. And he's from Chicago. And now he lives in New York. And what he thinks and who he's with and blah, blah, blah. And the weather. And then I'm like, here. And he says, well, what do you do? And I give him my card. And he's like, oh, great. Hands me his card. Senior vice president of NPR sponsorship. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Hi. Hello. <laughs> And then, so I go, so I look at his card, and of course, because I have no filter, I go, gulp. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, titles are fun. That was it. How you doing? Huh? Oh, how you doing? Did you hear that? You said, how, how you, you doing? doing? How you doing? Yeah, I was like, he goes, yeah, titles are fun, because I just went, holy shit. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. I just all of a sudden was like, oops. I mean, it doesn't matter, because I'm going to be myself. It doesn't matter who he is, but right. I didn't expect that. That's all. And then next to him, he sits, some guy sits down and continues the conversation. It's Jim Lally, who's a senior director of national corporate underwriting for NPR and New York Public Radio. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. So famous. It was crazy. All these people were crazy that I met. And I mean, I didn't get to meet that many because another element to this is that I was dog ass sick. I, I was getting sick. I was sick. I did not feel well. In fact, my father practically had to carry me up to New York. I was so sick. And then like, so like that this day, I wasn't feeling well. My... My voice wasn't gone yet, but everything hurt. My face, my throat, my head, everything hurt. And so um, I was planning on staying there for the night because they had a reception after the upfront. And around 4 o'clock, I come out just to, like, get a breather because it's such a long day listening to them all brag about themselves. So I come out, and I see them setting up a DJ booth, and I was like, I have to get the hell out of here. I cannot talk over a DJ tonight. I'm just going to have to go. So I left. Um but yeah, the best – another thing that was hilarious was Mike Rappaport. Mike Rappaport took over after lunch. He started um, hosting. And unlike Alex and Hannah, Mike, who's a, probably a natural stand-up comedian, he's been in a – if you look him up, we'll give you the link to his IMDb. Extremely funny guy. He's a character actor and everything. He's got a New York accent. He always plays a mook from New York. He talks just like this all the time. So um, he comes out there and he explains his show, which is I Am Rappaport. He has a um, co-host who's his friend from, you know, the dawn of time. And then it's time for him to introduce who's first. Let me see. I'm not sure. I think I have NPR. It's time for him to introduce NPR. And he's looking around for the script and he can't find what he's supposed to say. And he's got like the paper in his hand and then he's got a teleprompter. But he keeps going, yo, where's my script? Is this right? Is this what I'm supposed to say? 
I don't even know what we're doing. What are you guys even doing here? This is a podcast. And then he goes, can I curse? He goes, he started to curse. And he's like, wait a minute. I can't. He goes, I can curse. This is a fucking podcast up front. Where are you guys going to go? It's a podcast up front. Y'all are fancy. You guys are fancy, right? You guys are all big deals. He starts pointing to people in the audience asking them to prove their worth to be at the podcast up front. So he's like, yo, big deal. What do you do? And the guy goes, Harry's Razors. And he goes, hey, you guys used to be a sponsor. What happened? And the whole room, oh my God. whole room like shits himself laughing. And then, um, you know, he keeps going and like, this happens before NPR. It happens before Time. It happened before CBS. And it happened before Podcast One. And I'm telling you, he, he heckled the audience. He couldn't find his stuff. He cursed. It was hilarious. It was the by far the best thing I'd ever seen, especially because a room full of network um, big wigs and agency and ad agencies who are there trying not to screw up their job, they're all stressed. And Michael yeah. is taking full advantage of this situation by trying to lighten the mood. But then, in fact, I don't know. Like they, I couldn't tell if the IAB people were happy about it. I don't think they were, especially because another thing that kept happening was with the transition – after lunch, like something would go wrong with the audio every time, and like Michael Rappaport would go off stage, and then you'd hear his conversation going on back there instead of the person that was on stage, like Lex, for example. So, um, so yeah, things were getting a little hairy, and it was not. It just Michael with his overly loudness was making it look like they were less organized than they already looked, which was probably not good. And then, um, you know, there's a couple other, you know, I mean, I basically gave you the entire idea. There's just a few things that I thought were funny. One, the guy who's the head of how stuff works um, was one of the people that he picked on during these breaks. You, what do you do? And the guy goes, you know what I do? And he goes, I don't know what you do. What am I, a fucking mind reader? (laughs) The guy had just presented a half hour before that. Like he just presented. It was really funny. Oh my God. At this point, Lex Friedman had parked next to me. Like, I don't, I mean, not on purpose, whatever, but he had already done his presentation. He came back in, he sat down, and my seat was, the next to me seat was taken. So he, he parked right next to me. And he and I are both laughing through the whole thing, but at disbelief. Like, that we can't, right. you know, because Lex, for whatever he does for a living, he's a pretty digital guy. He's got his own show and he's very active on Twitter. You know, like, I don't know that Bre- that, that guy from How Stuff Works is necessarily the same way, but I, I felt like Lex, like, he's one of the few people I think that could understand the humor in that situation as opposed to, like, yeah. the head of Time, Inc., who probably didn't think it was funny. And another guy who didn't think it was funny was the head of Podcast One who got annoyed, so annoyed with Michael Rappaport that he walked out on stage and said, I've had about enough of this. Oh, my God. Before he was introduced. Oh my God. Stood next to Michael, pointed at him where to read, and pointed oh with and read word for word where it was so that Michael would say it. And then went, Holy Thank cats. you, goodbye, and sent him off stage. <gasps> he was so rude. And I mean, it's Norm Paddits, oh. and, and I mean, I guess he has a reputation for being a bit of a ball buster, but like, if if people were wondering whether or not they wanted to do business with you, like they got their answer from that because Michael, we were getting amusement from Norm. On the other hand, is like a giant blowhard, so we were not amused by him because all he was doing was talking about all the millions of dollars he had. And then he and then he introduces Shaquille O'Neal, and then he introduces Adam Carolla, and they continue to blow smoke up his overly tanned, bleached hair ass. No way. They both did? Well, I guess so. No, oh, actually. Oh, gosh. It makes me sad. Actually, no. Adam made fun of him. Adam goes, if you take the height of me and Shaq and the girl from Forbes, 
We would average you out to be pretty tall, huh, Norm? Because Norm's short as hell. And Norm looks at the audience and goes, he's 30% of my business. What can I do about it? <gasps> Which is like the most obnoxious thing you could say. Like, so what? So Adam Carolla calls him short. So he turns to the audience and says, I'm still 70% more rich than he is. It was so obnoxious. just so obnoxious. I mean, I guess that's his, whatever. That's his personality. Maybe I shouldn't talk badly about him. Is that going to ruin my career somehow? I'm not sure. I think so, dude. Would you ever work for him? No. So it doesn't matter. Okay. No. No. I would work for, I mean, there are a lot of the networks that endeared me that I would work for. I was very endeared by Wondery. Like I said, I was very endeared by how stuff works. I thought that guy was really cool, despite the fact that um, Michael Rappaport heckled him. But I met him at lunch and he was very nice. I mean, NPR is the kind of thing where, like, I feel like I, I need a journalism degree, which I don't have. So I don't think them. Uh, and a lot of their stuff, yeah, but yeah, a lot of the networks I think I would be able to sleep at night working for. To be honest, well, maybe That's even nice. maybe even mid roll. I don't think they're the devil. I don't necessarily think they do their ads correctly every time, but I don't think they're the devil. Um, no, I like mid. I actually I like mid roll. The people I like there are their- very nice. I wish that they would yeah, do a little yeah. better targeting of their ads, though. Like, I don't like to, but I, I I do believe that that's that's across the board, though. I mean, that's a whole other conversation I only about. Know ad, I think. Well, there's a lot of because you know, with well, I listen to a crap ton of you know podcasts, so I do know the majority of the people that are advertising and podcasting, and I do feel that there is sometimes a misfire exactly between. Like, why is Stan Savage talking about Mailchimp? That makes no sense to me. Well, see, to me, I get really confused with podcasters like tech. Got. I mean, maybe there's something that I'm missing, but like, you know, a lot of the tech podcasters or even like the, the podcasts that are about something that you're obsessed with, like pens and things, mm-hmm. that you're talking about uh, a mattress. Well, right. But this and, is the uh, problem, that is the problem like, across the board. I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm so confused because I'm like, yeah, because yeah, it's all over. And then, and I'm sure that, and, and the thing, and the thing is, you as a network that want to do this for a living, and want to continue to do what you're doing and to pay the people that happen to be part of your network, you kind of are between a rock and a hard place if there's an, um, an advertiser that comes in and goes, here's the money, just add it. They don't care. And they know. Like, that's you, the point. You don't like, have to those explain people it. Don't you don't care have to... what shows they're on, but they should. Exactly. Because they're not getting nearly what they could for their money. They, yeah, but they're the but but they're the way it's the same thing the other way around though when somebody comes up and you're and you're a network and you have all this stuff and you you don't really have at this moment the position to be like and we're gonna pass on that because that's not going to really be relevant for us because you just want to stay above water yeah you just want to keep going you just want to make podcasts yeah i'll sell your mattress for you yeah right Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, the podcaster probably doesn't care, but I care as a listener and as a salesperson, I care because I think it's, well, I guess, I think it shows that salespeople don't, or that advertising people don't know what the hell they're doing. No, you're right. But I think that that's a problem that goes, you know, way above. It's just like the culture is not even there. People don't understand the culture. And then you're getting the big wigs, the ones that, that you obviously have said have no idea, who are stepping into the space and they have no idea what they're talking about. It's No, oh, I'm not going to even go yep, there again because I'm know, not going to talk know, about this. So before we get started, let's just mention Team Podcast 
and um, how amazing they are. And thank you so much for sponsoring us. Christy Hausler and the people at Team Podcast. They are the group where if you have too much on your podcasting plate, they will – well, I should let you talk really because I'm going to be doing all the talking. So why don't you talk about Team Podcast? Oh, my Hausler. God. Yeah, that's right. So you know what? If you guys are, are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, I think one of uh, Christy Hausler's and Team Podcast's biggest – Um, how do you say it? Like their biggest talent, the way that they can help you the most is being able to, particularly when you're starting out, how to kind of figure out what it is that needs to be done so that your podcast can get done effectively and efficiently. So Christy has done this for a lot of people. She has helped a lot of people. So if you get stuck, like with... Oh my God, I'm about to lunch. I have all of, not lunch, but launch. I was like, lunch? Um, <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to have lunch. No, and you don't know, you really just, there's so many little bits and pieces that are moving. S- having somebody kind of talk you through being able to know, like, these are the things that need to get done. This is the stuff that you can do for yourself. This is the stuff that we can do for you. And really come to a conversation of how to get things done in that fashion. It's just going to save you so much time, particularly if you start to know like what it is that you're re- that you as a producer are really good at. And maybe there's something that you feel like, I'm not sure I'm going to be doing a good job doing this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that they are really good at. And also, if you already know how to do something and you would like to just outsource it, that would be also another thing that you could do. You have very clear directions. This is the way you do it. This is how you, this is how I want it to be done. Here you go. Thank you so much for supporting me. So yay, Team Podcast. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now on with the show. MapCon was, um, okay, so I came home on Thursday. MapCon started Friday night. And at this point. You got to tell them what MapCon stands for. Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. And it was put on by Joe Pardo. And it was right around the corner. It was like Swedesboro, New Jersey. Um, And so I had Tina uh, Dietz and Amanda Dowdy staying with me. Um, They came into the. Uh, Amanda went right to the Friday night party. Tina came into the airport. I was on my way to pick up Tina. Ramona called me and said, Mark had a snafu with the bus from New York. Could I go get Mark? And and she was already at the airport to get Michael O'Neill. Can she pick up Tina? I said, sure. Where's Mark? Asquith. She goes, 8th and 9th. So I was like, Center City. He's in Center City. So unlike most cities, our airport is not smack in the middle of the city. Like it is 20 minutes outside the city. Um, south, like you get off at the Philadelphia airport and you still have to drive like 20 minutes to get to the city. Whereas like, so like she tells me, and then, and then also the city is to the left and New Jersey's to the right. So now instead of going to, um, the airport and then going straight South to where I needed to go in Jersey, I had to go all the way North into the city at rush hour. This is four o'clock on a Friday, which around here also on a Friday, that's a nightmare because when it's nice out, people are going to Jersey beaches. So now I'm having to drive Philadelphia and Jersey Beach traffic. Well, with everybody else. Everyone was late to this thing because it started at 7 and people were all driving at rush hour in Jersey and Philly and it was awful. Um, so I go to pick up Mark. Uh, he had gotten on a bus at a recommendation by Joe to um, – because he's like, oh, it's only $9 to take the bus. Well, yeah. Normally a mega bus or a bulk bus, which by the way is like a cushy bus with like air conditioning and um, Wi-Fi. That's not what – this is not what Mark took. I park at 8th and 9th and I realize I'm in the middle of Chinatown. And I was like, why am I in the middle of Chinatown? He goes, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. So I go, okay. And then I'm like, all right, I'll just wait for your bus. 
And then he he proceeds to text me and tell me that his other bus. So he's late because his first bus um, was hit by a car, and they had to switch bus. Holy- they had to switch buses in the middle of the highway. And then, then, so then a bus comes in. He says, I'm just getting off the bridge. I said, okay, I'm waiting for you. And a bus pulls up right in front of me. It's a white unmarked bus, like a school bus, but it has Chinese writing on it, mostly Chinese writing on it, except for, except for crudely painted letters that say F I L A dash N Y. And so I go, I text him and I go, this bus just came in front of this bus just parked in front of me this isn't your bus right because i'm waiting for like a decent bus like a bolt bus he goes right all he wrote me back was seriously (laughs) so now i don't know i don't know if he's i really don't know if he's serious like as in are you kidding i would never ride that bus or if he's saying this is my bus so i go (laughs) so i go seriously is this your bus he said i can't talk about this bus and i was like but mark (gasps) is this your no i said no 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 all I wrote was just like a series of no's. And he said, I have PTSD from this bus. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, uh, yeah. So, so he, so like I have to wait for 8,000 Chinese people to get off the bus. And then finally Mark gets <laughs> off the bus. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, I mean, and I'm not. Seriously, there's nothing prejudiced or racist about it. But, like, Chinatown, city of Chinatown is so different than just, like, North, like the people who live in the cities of both Chinatowns. Are you know? It's almost like their own section of the world. It's almost like being—I don't want to say like Amish or whatever, but like it might kind of like being like um, Orthodox Jew. They all live in one section. They have their own way of dressing, their own food, their own style. And it's not to say that Chinese people have their own way of dressing. That's ridiculous. But I think that I would not take a bus from Chinatown to Chinatown, Philly to New York, because first of all, no one would be able to understand me. And secondly, I would probably be the weirdest person on that bus. And that's probably, you know, it would probably be a weird feeling. That's what happened to him. He actually flew here from the UK and was staying in New York City. Took this bus at the recommendation of Joe. Why not a train? The man is the owner of podcast websites. Like, get on a train. So, you know, as I'm waiting for Mark, I'm like waiting for Mark Asquith (laughs) to get off a bus. I'm happy to pick up Mark or whoever. I'm waiting for Mark Asquith. I'm thinking, what am I going to talk about with Mark Asquith on the whole, you know, because it's 40 minutes to Jersey. I got to think, talk about him with something with him. So I'm like sitting here like, what do I make conversation about? I mean, I could ask him what Britain's like. And I don't know if he's married. And we probably could get to know each other. And then he, he steps off the bus and I go, you know, every other question I had for you has now been um, shadowed by this one. How's business, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he's like, business is great. And I was like, why did you take this bus? <laughs> why? Oh why? God. Why did you take this bus? He's like, oh. Joe, he, and he's, you know, he's so charming and sweet, dude. And he's like, Joe recommended it, but he didn't sort me out, did he? And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't sort you out, as a matter of fact. He messed you up good. I mean, because, and then he was like, and then, you know, we drive to the hotel and it's very pleasant. And I, I had gotten him a you know, cold bottle of water because he had been on the bus now for three, four hours because of the whole accident. He probably has had nothing to eat, nothing to drink. Um, we get to the hotel and like, you know, immediately everyone's like, oh, let's go eat dinner before the party. And I was like, Mark, do you want to come to dinner? He's like, no, because I have to wash the Chinese off me. I'll see you at the party. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Just like walk to his room. And again, nothing prejudiced. But again, it's just sort of like a different world. You know, Chinatown smells like Chinatown. There's a lot of fish cooking oil and whatever. 
I always sound racist on this show. I, I'm not. I actually have been to the only reason I knew where to get them is because we go there so often. I used to take my kids there all the time. They have the greatest stores there. My husband has a very serious sushi and dim sum problem. I go there all the time. So, but I mean, I don't know that I would dry, ride that bus. That it probably wasn't comfortable. And sometimes, you know, if you go to the authentic Chinese restaurants, like they don't always have the air conditioning on and like, I don't know. I'm going to stop now because I know someone's going to be offended by something I say. And I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just painting a picture. God damn it. It was probably uncomfortable. So anyway, so that was that. Then we get there. We have dinner at Applebee's. It was lovely. Um, I come back to the hotel. First person I see, because how could you miss him, is Rob Greenlee, um, who's five. What? What is he like? Six, eight. He's ridiculously tall. Um, But actually, that evens out when you sit down at a table with him. So yeah, it does. It's it only does. when he stands up. It's just it must just be the legs. The legs just like they just decided to keep going after the rest stopped, I guess, and they were just like, <laughs> "We're not done here, Rob." Because <laughs> <laughs> oh when I stand up to hug him, I can only like go around the waist. I don't even reach his <laughs> armpits. Sad. <laughs> so I hug him. We sit down. We start talking. He wanted to know about the upfronts. I told him everything I just told you guys. Oh, um, that's when I realized that the Rob you were talking about that worked for Podcast One was this Rob, not Rob Walsh. That's right. I thought right. you met Rob Walsh worked no, for Norm. Dude. I didn't realize you met Rob Greenlee. So yeah. I was telling him, and then I, and then I started telling the story about Norm and how mad he got at Michael Rappaport. And he goes, yeah, it was a CTO. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, then I said, oh, well, then you'll really enjoy this story. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to tell you. So I told oh, him all about what I thought of Norm and, and the whole situation. And right. then... I see John Buchanis, Buchanis sitting at the bar all by himself, and I'm wondering, like, he, he's having work drama, but I don't know that. I can just see him out of the corner of my eye, and he looks miserable. And I'm thinking, is he being antisocial? Um, does he have another poo haiku? Like, what's happening to John over there? Um, so I wave at him to come sit with us, because how, I mean, what, what could go wrong? Because what could right. go wrong, Elsie? I don't know. You're at and a asking our editor... To come sit to with come me and, sit and the head of content for Spreaker. Well, oh, that's right. He says he'll be here in a minute, and I continue talking to Rob okay. Greenlee, and then, and then before I know it, John is sauntering my way with two other red-faced guys. <laughs> They're like very red-faced, and it's almost like someone took a like a Brillo pad and just scrubbed the hell out of their faces. That's how red they are. <laughs> and uh, he goes, Jessica, I want you to meet. My cousin, the Jimmy. The Jimmy listens to my show with John off in the weeds. And apparently he's got something to say about every episode. So I'm like, hi, Jimmy. Nice to meet you. He parks his ass right next to me. And he starts, oh, it's so weird to see you talk. And, you know, I listen to your show and I think you're so funny and this and that. And I'm like, great. And I enjoy this compliment. And then I start to turn back to Rob and he goes, and the Jimmy says, let me show you some things. Pulls out his iPhone. And just starts showing me random pictures of, like, his mother. Like, he's like, this is my mom. He's like, this is my daughter. She's 16. This is my mom. I think they look so much alike. I called John yesterday. I was on the top of a mountain. You want to see the mountain? Starts throwing. And and now I don't know. I don't even know what to say at this point because it was such a weird pairing of worlds. But but also... um, because, you know, like I'm he's sitting here talking about the upfront and advertising and strategy oh with God. Rob Greenlee. And then Jersey Jimmy comes and sits down with me, <laughs> starts talking to me, and I don't know how to act. I'm just 
praying he'll stop. Luckily, Deb Williams came, sat down next to him, and, and distracted him. Oh my him. god! Because, and I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> it was terrible. It wasn't terrible because he's a nice guy. But also, there were certain points when I was talking to Rob Greenley, and then I think Dave Jackson came over too, and like I was talking to the two of them. But I felt the eyes of the Jimmy boring into the back of my head, like he was observing me, like a like a. And like a wild animal in its natural habitat. <laughs> like I was at a zoo, kind of. Oh, my God. It was so weird. Oh. Um, the event went really well. The social part was the best part. Um, I woke up the morning of Saturday with absolutely no voice. Like I was I was already like kind of up here on Friday. By Saturday, it was like this. Once in a while, something would squeak. It was terrible. It was terrible i did everything i could i gobbled up tea i was sucking on honey drops finally amanda just got me a shot of honey from the restaurant and i was just like sucking down honey like right out of the container like right before i spoke because i was the closing keynote and i was like this by then it was terrible um as far as mapcon goes like they had a contest to like they give you like a an item and you're supposed to make a show based around this item and you have to you get judged on like branding entertainment content whatever um one of the entries was so offensive that i didn't even know what to say so like um here are the judges it was me and heather ordover and michael o'neill and teo roxon and immediately michael decides he's the simon and then teo says he's the um you know the randy and so I'm like, well, I'll be the Paula and just sit here and make no sense. How about that? How will that be? And then uh, Heather says she's the J-Lo. Now we're judging American Idol. And most of the entries were good. I mean, they were actually – they were very creative and fun. John's group, though, was so funny. They they had this little toy red car as their inspiration, and they did the men's midlife crisis show. And the one black woman who was in their group was like, bringing men with a midlife crisis – back to normalcy and like each <laughs> each guest had a different problem like the first guy decided that there was a future in heavy metal and he wanted to start a heavy metal band and the second guy was like i'm into young girls you know girls in their prime and this is how i know they're in their prime because 19 is a prime number and 29 is a prime number so anywhere, oh and i was like we were like ew and then john was talking about how he was having trouble online dating because you're either the booger or the booger flicker Anyway, it was really funny, and they won. Um, there was another group. I don't even remember what their um, what their toy was for inspiration, but it was all about midgets. It was terrible. It was like something about counseling midgets about being small. It was very in bad taste. It was awful. Um, and if you're listening and you're a part of that group, shame on you. It was terrible. Um, but funny. Okay, and then uh, there's speakers. So there's like three main speakers. So Teo opened it. Michael O'Neill did right after lunch, and then I closed it. There may have been one more longer speaker. And then everyone – maybe it was Heather before lunch. And then every other speaker that was there only had like 10 minutes. And I found that – believe it or not, I kind of found those harder to pay attention to because you know it's going to be over soon. So it's like why bother kind of? And I know that doesn't make any sense because you would think they would power pack that ship. And they did. The speakers didn't do a bad job. I just don't think the format is quite right. But it's not my event. So what are you going to do? I did it last year. Um, I spoke for 10 minutes. And I also find it hard to stay in the 10 minutes as a speaker. 
So I can't win. But um, the food was really good. He did Philly Fest and they fed us like cheesesteaks and pretzels and Caesar salad. And it was really good. And then there was another party Saturday night. And that was just as fun as the first party, if not more so. It was incredibly fun to hang out with those people. And it was a small groom- room. It was like under 100. And it made it really nice. Um, so all in all, that was fun. But I just wanted to tell you about the Jimmy and about Mark's bus. And people said that I had a good presentation. I spoke about sponsorship and what you need to start. Um, and it was good. I'm done now. I've now talked Yay! for... What have I talked now for like a, an hour and a half? Something like that. Are you bored? So, uh, do I have to wake you up I now? am not. I actually needed to hear you talk because... Do you have any questions I about haven't. either event or do you just want me to stop talking now? Be honest. Dude, I, I was just... I wanted to hear about this for so long. You know, I've been sitting not talking to you except for the immediate... But we, we did have some really fun conversations, but I do not have any extra things that I need to yeah. um, I mean, you, ask. you go to these things and you kind of have some really good conversations and then other times you, it's just sitting next to people and getting to know them kind of, which is nice. That's really good. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this was a, a lovely episode because there's a lot of people who... I'm, I, you, I was just thinking when you were talking about the upfronts, nobody has that kind of content except us. That's true. Nobody is going to get the play-by-play the way you just gave it up. That's true. Every single, every single article that I read about the upfronts, I was about a fall asleep. In fact, one of the episodes that you linked to in our Trello board, because mind Boring? you, we did not... Dut. Oh, oh well, here's my why, God. Here's why I, I, I linked to that, because I wanted to highlight the things like... Um, I just wanted to highlight the fact that like about Rosie O'Donnell, like, um, you know, that Time Inc. is putting money into like these things and they're putting money into these things. That's what I wanted is just to highlight, I guess, what the next steps are for them, because I think that's also information that isn't easily acquired, if that makes sense. So, no, you're right. And I think that you have just summed up the upfront like nobody else can. Jen. Oh, thanks. and therefore we love She Podcasts. Yeah, but um, I think we are going to have to wrap this up and then change some of the stuff. So, if you guys have any kind of feedback, especially about the things that you talk that you heard us talk about on this show, you can email feedback at shepodcast dot com. You can also go into Speakpipe speakpipe dot com slash shepodcast and give us ninety seconds of your voice to give us the scoop on your thoughts about upfronts or about advertising or anything else. We do have a lot of other things that we wanted to talk about and have been wanting to talk about for the past few weeks. So hopefully we'll be you know we'll we'll put them in there huh. as as time goes through. <laughs> yeah man. Yeah, man. And again, sign up for Podfusion, shepodcast.com slash Podfusion. Start to get your tickets. You guys, this is going to be so amazing to be able to have this kind of an experience with like Jess and myself and actually feel like she did when she went to MapCon and picked up Mark on that crazy bus. Yeah, you guys don't even know. So we will have stories like that (laughs) as well. Y'all don't even know. Come and hang out with us. Shepodcast.com slash Podfusion. Sign up. Yeah. All right. And then um, we will follow up actually with lots of more data for podcasting stats and all that fun next time. See ya. Bye-bye. See ya. Love you. Mean it.